This is episode 31 of the High Life Podcast. Welcome to the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, your host and certified wellness coach. Each episode covers all things health and wellness, providing weekly inspiration and information for ways to honor yourself every day. Hey guys, Meredith here, and I am recording today from the floor of the hostel that I'm staying at in Lisbon, Portugal. And I share that with you guys today because I just wanted to give you a little bit of an idea of what it's like sometimes behind the scenes, Um, partly because I get a lot of questions about um, what it's like to start up your own podcast and do you need lots of fancy equipment and do you need a recording studio and like all the stuff. And it's literally not like that at all. Like it could not be like easier to do honestly on your own and um, pretty much bootstrapping it. I mean, if you really want to get fancy, you could very easily invest in all of those things and have like the fanciest microphones and like the boom and like a a studio and you know sound blocking everything but um uh that is not the case for me particularly because I'm on the road and traveling so all I have is literally my MacBook computer I have a tiny little microphone from Samsung that is called a go mic and it's really small and adorable and I'm kind of obsessed with it um and then I have some headphones that I plug into it and that is pretty much it. I record and it goes into GarageBand and then I edit and then I post to my website. So it's really simple, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, I thought for a long time that I had to have things kind of perfect and the best space to record and everything. And it's, it's really not like that. And I knew that if I waited to have those things to start, then this podcast would never get done. So, um, yeah, uh, just a little, note um if there's anything that you guys are doing or thinking of starting that's creative or or anything any leap in um your career or or just anything that you've wanted to start for a while but you feel like you haven't ticked all the boxes to get it perfect before you start like screw those boxes throw that list away and just get going on it and just start because the longer you start like the longer it's going to take for people to actually hear what your message is or what you're trying to put out there and that's ultimately what is giving the value it's not necessarily the package that it's wrapped up in so um that's that but uh yeah i wanted to bring you guys an awesome show today this um episode is with the beautiful zen calming wonderful joy dashi and joy is a intuitive energy healer based in New York City and she has a really really beautiful story um she had a stroke at age 29 so young which she'll talk about in the interview and um after that she embarked on a personal healing journey that would ultimately change her life and career forever and so now she works with clients um using her own two-tiered system named the joyful approach uh, and It employs various modalities from breath work to Reiki to sound baths and everything in between. And she just has such a beautiful presence and energy about her. So this is such a great episode to listen to on a cozy Friday evening in or a lazy Saturday morning or just any time that you kind of want to chill out and pick up on all her good vibes. So with that, I'll let you guys tune in and I'll talk to you on the other side. What's new and good with you? Like what is new and happening in the life of joy? (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's so much happening all at once. It's really exciting. I 
and on a personal level, I have one daughter that is going to be getting married in two weeks. Oh my God, so exciting. Yeah. And then I have another daughter who is my older daughter who's expecting a baby in um, August, at the end of August. So those are life happenings that are really exciting um, with my family. And I feel really excited about, you know, this new soul that's coming into our lives and yeah. of my family. And then first, first grandkid. First grandkid. Yeah. And uh, it's really weird to even, because I never felt so young in my life and yet I'm having a grandbaby. So like, I was just going to say, I like would never think (laughs) we're about to be a grandmother. Like you're just so young and youthful and thank you. Yeah. And that's what the, that's, what's cool about, you know, just like having these shifts of paradigms in a way where we can experience life so differently if we stay open to Mm -hmm. these possibilities. Um, And then um, with the joyful approach, there's just been a lot of expansion. And I think my work has expanded in, in such a way that really feels very thriving and very exciting. Um, I just also experienced this beautiful connection to nature in a way that was very profound and bringing shamanic work into my, my practice and just this incredible awakening to the divine feminine that I'm experiencing right now has been really I think I don't know I just feel so alive and so creative and um and so in love with like everything you know yeah so, yeah it's very cool oh my god I I have a lot of questions about a lot of things you just said like shamanic <laughs> awakening and feminine yeah. energy and stuff so yeah I'm gonna get into all of that but let's kind of like start from the beginning. Like what kind of set you into this path of energy work and and that kind of stuff from the beginning? Okay. So I'm going to take you back to about um, 17 years ago. And this is when I experienced probably my greatest life transformation where I was recovering from a stroke, an ischemic stroke. And I, it was- At 17? Oh, no, it was 17 years ago. Oh, so, 17 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Misheard you. <laughs> yeah. So I was about uh, 29. I was the mother of two young girls and- um, Still so young. So young. And out of nowhere, I literally had a, I had a very severe stroke and I almost died. And um, I, in that year where I was recovering from the stroke, I was forced into a debilitated state where I can no longer, you know, I, I was restricted from all activities and just needed to regain my, um, my, my health. And, um, in that time I was faced into the darkness, like to fa- faced into, um, this stillness where I couldn't escape what I was experiencing, um, and, you know, and where, what I was escaping prior to that and ex- escaping through external fulfillment and things that were outside of myself. And so I began to just really face it and realize there was so much sadness and all this trauma that was really residing inside of me. And um, I questioned the deeper meaning of my life. And that resulted in an incredible spiritual awakening and a holistic um embarking on a holistic path. And, um, once I regained my visit, my, my health and I began to, you know, I got the green light to now, uh, be able to exercise and move my body. I, um, 
decided to run a marathon to overcome all that adversity, to celebrate that, um, that regains health. And it was just beautiful. And with training, because I am a very, uh, I'm very fiery. I have, you know, my son is an Aries and, uh, and, and so I, I got the bug and I became a, an avid runner. But with that, I really um, awakened onto the beautiful, I call it the Holy Trinity, the mind, body, and soul in union. And so it wasn't just the physical act of running. It was my spirit also enjoying running in such a different way. And um, as a seeker, I'm a, I'm, I've been a seeker since I've been, you know, incarnated onto this planet. And so... I began to seek all modalities of um, holistic health. And it just became so contagious for me. I was like, this is, I felt like I was reborn and I was living in like an amusement park. And I just felt like I was so attracted to all these things, you know, in holistic and esoteric healing. And um, and I found the Czech Institute, so C-H-E-K. Mm-hmm. And um, I... What does that stand for? Uh, Czech, Paul Czech is his name. Oh, okay. Okay, so um, so Czech, uh, Paul is the founder, and he's this expert in... I call him, like, the grandpa of holistic health. He's just an incredible human. But um, he his expertise was in physical movement, um, fundamentals but yet he himself is a shaman and I think that on a subconscious level I was really attracted to that aspect of it and so I asked him to mentor me and I worked with him one-on-one and I then was trained in um, and certified in holistic health lifestyle so I just it was just this continuous journey of seeking and seeking and deeper and deeper along the way so, um, yeah. And then, I mean, I definitely experienced some dips along the way as well, where, you know, we, we kind of take a step back and then we find um, this other, other modality or, you know, yeah. Wow. So was there like something that kind of was pivotal for you? Like, was there a book that you read or, or, you know, someone that you'd heard speak that kind of really pushed you down this path of, of, you know, holistic health and getting into these different modalities? Like what was kind of like that turning point? Um, like, cause I'm assuming like in your recovery from the stroke that, you know, what, what allowed you to stumble upon these kinds of modalities as opposed to something that's a little bit more like Western or yeah, I think it was really this deeper part of myself that I really, I call it like the divine spark in a way that really was like curious, was so curious and had this um, quality of discernment of what resonated and what didn't resonate. Like this makes sense and this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Intuition. So, yeah, the intuition. And if I heard, um, I was training at Equinox and if there were a few trainers in the gym that were talking about metabolic typing I was like what's that about and then that that's how I found the Czech Institute and then I was just like oh my god these guys know what they're talking about this resonates for me and that was like okay and that opened me up and then there was you know there were all these little portal portals along the way that really um, just kept leading me it's almost like the journey of the alchemist and um, yeah 
Yeah, right. Oh, that's one of my favorite books. And me too. And I just read it again for the for like the twentieth time because it's just like so fascinating. Oh, I highlighted yeah. like every single page. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, and so yeah, it was just like that kind of a journey where one thing led to another and just kept um, introducing me. The universe was sending me all these beautiful um, possibilities to embark on something new, and that led to another. Um, yeah. Yeah, spark. <laughs> I always think it's so incredible to go back and like reflect on those kinds of like trails and how it's not always it, it more often than not, it's not something that there was like this one like big aha moment, but it's like yeah. if you hadn't been at the gym at the same time those people were having that conversation, like maybe your life would have taken a whole different path and you weren't even like directly involved in the conversation, you know? So it's I always like tracking things back to those oh. like seemingly insignificant moments that like really change everything. Yeah. I call them the synchronicities, the <laughs> magical synchronicities. And I, I love them. They're so fun. And that's why I'm just such a believer in the, you know, just staying open and the, staying open to the mystery. Yeah. Yeah. You called yourself a seeker. Is that is that like a part of, is that like a different kind of type? Like, how do you figure out like what your type is or? So I think um, being a seeker really has to do with being so curious and always like staying open to wondering what else is out there. Even when we're like living in this cultural, uh, you know, construct, we can then still stay open and just have that little bit of wonder and that curiosity where we're seeking and we're just like wanting to open and for expansion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just this quality. It's a quality in a way. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if that was something to do with like human design or, or are you into that at all? I, I'm like I, just sort of learning. It's so funny because I tried to get into it a while ago and um, I did my own eval, eval and then I mm -hmm. decided, uh, I'm, this is, feels a little complicated. I need to work with with a coach, I think. Yeah. And I kind of shelved it. And I literally, last week, I uh, was listening to a podcast and she gave out the re a resource and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is my next thing, you know? And so yeah. uh, it's on it's on the uh, the agenda. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, keep me posted because I'd love to, to learn a little bit myself. Yeah. Um, what is it like working with a shaman? Like, what is that sort of training process like? And, and are you, would you, does that mean you would now consider yourself one or what is it, what does it really entail to, to be one? Yeah, I think I love, I get like excited and I just got the chills everywhere because it's, it had this beautiful call to nature recently. I went on this vision quest, uh, soul adventure in Sedona mm -hmm. and, um, I was on the land and, you know, doing the ceremony, healing the father wounds and with, with a guide, with a shaman. And, um, and then after that, I actually, it was the full moon and I was immersed in a breathwork session and, um, I went on this journey and mama earth actually spoke to me. She literally said, I mean, I, I had the, the voices. It was so clear in the messages. And, um, she, you know, she told me that I need to, <laughs> I need to, I need to listen to the sounds of her symphonies in order to connect back to my essence. And, um, so that, so she said like, you know, it's, it's a matter of disconnecting to connect. And I understood clearly what that meant and it meant to, Disconnect or disconnect from all the external stimuli, so that I can 
them back to my essence. Mm-hmm. And so a shaman is really someone who is using alternative um, modalities of nature to um, awaken different states of consciousness. And so um, for me, I'm, I'm just so into it because I'm someone who, even though I live in New York City, um, you know, I, I requested that we start a, a just even 20 minutes late just because I needed to touch in with nature yeah. and get, you know, and that just awakens this, 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 my soul in a way. Um, and it's really, really beautiful. And so it, I, this could sound like very complicated. It could sound very expanded or advanced, but it's yet, if you think about it, it really is going back to the basics. It's just, you know disconnecting from all um, of the things that we've taken on that disconnected us from our essence mm-hmm. so that we can get back in touch with who we really, really truly are, mm-hmm. our truth and mm-hmm. our authenticity. Yeah. Really stripping things down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are now sort of like the guiding principles behind the joyful approach, your practice. So how have you taken sort of what you've experienced um, and what you're continuing to learn? Cause it sounds like you're always trying to incorporate new things. Um, how, how does that all come together to create your practice? Yeah. So as I'm expanding myself personally with my own personal development um, and I'm sharing my gifts with the healing sessions, with the alchemy, I still always, um, the work always stems from my framework of what the joyful approach is. And it's a life system basically that aligns um, us with our, with the joyful alignment of our whole self. And so there's a two, there's a, sorry, there's a two tiered system that um, I created and I formulated from all of the research that I've done and all of the trainings and my life experiences. And there's this model of consciousness that I formulated so that one can understand um, theoretical understanding. So the first tier of the joyful approach has to do with how our our lives are impacted in the now and the immediate, Mm -hmm. which are the the fundamentals, the pillars of um, holistic lifestyle, which are how we breathe, how we uh, nourish, how we move, how we hydrate, and um, how we think, which has to do with our life purpose and our um, our life mission. So if we're just getting it, even if we don't know what our life purpose is, it's okay. But as long as we're trying to get in touch with like why we're here, what is it that really excites us? What are we passionate about that really makes us thrive? And when things are out of balance, we can turn to that and you know evaluate. Then there's the outer layer, of, which is the second tier of the life system, which has to do with our emotions and how we navigate relationships with ourselves and with others. And those um, are about our daily practice. You know, I think it's really important that everybody, we all have some kind of daily practice. Then there's um, setting our core values in place, setting intentions and living an intentional lifestyle. Um, cultivating self-love and authenticity and setting boundaries for ourselves mm-hmm. so you know that's the framework and um, you know it, the joyful approach is really a tapestry of many different works and things that I've, I'm a very creative person and so I'm constantly cultivating new ideas and putting a community together I have my website which is like a platform with lots of you know um, 
articles and features with other experts and stuff like that. But, you know, it all really stems from this framework. So. And how do you, how do you know where to start with someone when you have a new client? You know, where do you, is there a place that you typically try to begin or is it really personalized to what they're going through? Thank you. It's a beautiful question. So when a client comes in, um, it's always intuitive. You know, I just, um, I never prepare. I never really, I mean, I set the intention before and I do clear space and I will go into a meditation to clear that space for them. But um, I treat each individual as a completely different, dynamic, unique individual. And so when they come in, um, we just start with like, what's on your heart? How are you feeling right now in this moment? And what feels most present for you right now? And then it's just, we go on a rabbit hole of like evaluating and my intuition and what I receive in a channeled way will guide me to ask the questions that I feel are most um, important and most present for, for them that we can then bring into the healing room and then open up that container for the healing. Mm. And in that opening up process, you implement things like breath work and, and Reiki and crystals and things. And yeah, do you yeah. sort of, again, is that something that your clients deliberately ask for, or do you kind of, um, feel into what they need based on the energy you're picking up? Yeah, I love that question. So as I said, it's like definitely always intuitive. And I'm, I feel like I'm really so fortunate to feel uh, the guidance of, you know, uh, the source energy that guides that also assists me healing as well. It's very mystical. And so um, I will, I will just follow my intuition and that higher knowing that will guide me into what that person needs and their energy and follow that energy as well. And so it could be breath work, it could be sound, it could be more shamanic and take them on a journey into the forest. And, you know, we we turn to the four directions, whatever, it, it really is always so different. And, um, and then most of the time I am giving a sound uh, restorative uh, symphony for their, um, you know, their, for, for restoring their nervous system and their physiological body. Cause I think we all need more of the, and I don't know, I, I literally don't know anyone who's chill, so chilled out that they don't need more of the yin balancing. So we're in here, here, the, you know, the one-on-ones. So we, I think we all could use more of that. Yeah. And yin is that, that feminine energy, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how can we, embrace that. I think like what you said, whether you're in New York or, or otherwise, I think it's so, um, prevalent to the yang right now. And just, yeah. you know, especially in, in this mindset that we need to always be doing more and creating more, how can we really channel that feminine for ourselves on just, you know, in our day to day? Oh, I love this because I just actually had a, I had a full moon workshop, um, immersion, um, just a week ago. And the theme was all on awakening the the feminine because we're all in I feel like we're just in this drought we're just like craving all this feminine energy and so Mm -hmm. the feminine principles for me are really about um nurturing with more um, it's really the approach that we take on with more um, creating more space and creating you know I would say um 
offering perhaps you know doing less in our day and less need for productivity but more and more in the uh, receiving rather than the the doing there's so much need to do to prove and if we could just relax more into receiving and in the being i just think that alone is just so wonderful and uh, so nurturing and allowing us to awaken that creativity, allowing us to get in touch more with our who we are and on an authentic, authentic level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I personally like I'm just really into rituals and tea ceremony, and uh, I found this wonderful potion from uh, the from Sun Potion. Do you know about Sun Potion? I don't think so. Oh, I love that they're, um, they make these wonderful adaptogens, but they've just created one that, I don't know if it's new, but I have just recently uh, found it. It's called the Yin Potion and has um, a whole bunch of, like an elixir of the ashwagandha and astragalus, so all in one formula. So I'm sipping that throughout the day and it feels really good and just taking time for yoga nidra and resting and things like that, even using some crystals and mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, now I'm like, I just got really Zen and I was like, Oh, I meditate right now <laughs> talking about this. Um, so what is like a typical, um, scenario that maybe a client will come to you for and like, what kind of transformations like have you seen? Like, do you typically people come because, you know, they're feeling stuck in relationships or is it more like a physical health issues? What do you see most often? Yeah, I, w- I want to say that the number one ingredient that I'm seeing in most people, oof, I just feel it right now is anxiety. And mm-hmm. I feel like no matter uh, what the situation or the, um, the symptom, uh, the symptom, the common symptom is anxiety that I see mostly with most of the people that come to see me. Um, and you know, what I'm finding is, is that many of the women that come to see me have really, um, been disconnected from their authenticity and from their essence by possibly being, uh, caretakers and really, um, disconnected from, you know, that permission that they don't give themselves to really, receive more and to nurture more. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I feel really passionate about helping in helping them get back to empowering women to just claim that permission to mm-hmm. regain their authenticity and to receive more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. But then I do, I'm sorry, I do also see people who are just feeling like they're, they've like hit this like plateau where they're just not moving forward and they've just gotten lost from uh, their their mission their life mission their purpose and they don't know what that is and they begin to judge themselves or you know um, and so yeah that as well and just a life less like a life less creative or vital in a way yeah yeah yeah. I see, I see a lot of that too. And again, I think this, the anxiety and stress thing comes up a lot for me as well. And, um, I think, I think any sort of healer and any sort of modality of, of health would probably agree with that, that source, that stress is the biggest source I think of imbalance lately. Um, 
I mean, it's the, it's like the basic precursor to any like long-term disease or, or illness really. And, um, in any sense of the word stress, you know, whether it's physical stress or mental, emotional stress, or it's, you know, viral stress, whatever it is, but it all kind of boils down to that. Um, yeah. And I think just being in this overstimulating kind of world and environment is not helping that. Um, so you kind of mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, especially being in New York, how do you, um, keep yourself in check and, and protect your energy, um, doing what you do and, um, not letting maybe what you've experienced in your day leak into your sessions, but also leak into just how you go about, you know, your day. If, if you experience something that's too stimulating or, you know. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so being that I live in New York, I would say that years ago, I felt like I needed to get out of here because the energy was way too stimulating and I just was really not experiencing like um, fulfillment and joy in my life. And then um, when I found meditation, it really changed my life because it began, I was very devoted to it and to my practice. Mm-hmm. I am a, I'm by nature, a competitive athlete. So, um, I, I have that, you know, quality and that art, you know, the athlete archetype where I was like, okay, I'm going to get rid of, I had, I suffered with PTSD and I was like, I need to get rid of this and I need to feel you know, more, um, vitality in my life. And so, um, when I was so devoted to my practice, I'm like, I'm going to nail this. And I was meditating for 20 minutes twice a day. And then it was so contagious because I felt so much um, of that, you know, calmness where I was the, the I had that shift um, in my brain from a rigid controlling brain and living with so much stress to this beautiful, flexible um, way of living with more spontaneity. And it was that again, it was like another awakening. So I began to enjoy my time in New York so much more where I was all the noise, the outside noise was just like, it became like so background, really didn't even um, affect me. You know, of course we're human and I'm going to react at times, but um, with meditation, I, it just became so innate and that's how I moved through my day. Um, Even with all the crazy noise and the drilling and everything, it's just like, whatever, you know? Um, But if I do take on energies and I, of course, I'm very sensitive to energy. I'm an empath, and that means I am going to be very sensitive. Um, I do, first of all, number one thing is I don't put myself in stress. I try to avoid stressful situations as much as possible. So that means that I'm not going to put myself in the heart of New York. I'm not going to schedule an appointment in the craziest part of New York at the at rush hour. I'm going to try to avoid that. And I give myself lots more space in between appointments. I'm really good. I'm really, I've, I think I've gotten to the point where I can manage clients, I, enough buffering time in between clients where I go and take a little rest on my healing table, which is over a biomat with amethyst crystals and um, infrared ions. So I get to Ooh. recharge. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I I need one of those. <laughs> oh, you you should get one. It's especially for all the traveling because of the grounding benefits. So because how can I get one? <laughs> you can go online and you're a practitioner, so you could even get a hundred dollar discount. And oh, I can, I'll send you the link, please. It's like my best kept secret. I love it, but I don't have secrets. I love sharing. Yeah. 
differently. So yeah, I'm taking like, uh, I'm taking these times for rest in between and sipping tea and, you know, just doing less, like um, mm. doing more in the being. As I yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And for me too, it's learning to like say no to things. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you're probably this way too. Like I'm just such a, like a yes woman and eager to not only like have a hand in every little thing, cause I'm just so curious, but also, you know, I like, be- because I receive and absorb other people's energy, I want their energy to be positive. And so if I can help their energy be positive, that's like my tendency. And then it comes back to kind of bite me in the ass because then I'm so drained. So, um, learning how to, yeah, kind of reel it in and to say no to the things that are going to drain me is hard, but it's so essential. So essential. And then people respect you more, you know, Mm -hmm. and they learn from you. So I think it's beautiful that you're doing that for yourself. Um, I also just wanted to say that, of course, I'm so grateful to all the healers that I work with and receive from. So I will schedule from time to time my own Reiki session yeah. to receive Reiki or just receive some healing and massages or body work, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah, I love that you I love that you just said that, because I think that there is sort of this like um, assumption that people who are healers or coaches or whatever don't need that themselves, but they really do. Um, we're human just as much as other people are. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now that's written by a therapist and it's, it's actually so insightful. It's hilarious, but it's also such a good read. Um, and it's called, maybe you should talk to someone. And, um, she goes kind of, she jumps around a little bit, like chapter to chapter between, you know, what's going on in her head while she's having sessions with clients, but also what's going on in her head in her own session with her therapist and how like, as, um, as a therapist, it's, it's required at least in her practice. I don't know if it's by law, but that she have one, not just to, um, it's like, I guess bounce ideas off of, but to, you know, to make sure that, cause what they're receiving, what they're going through is very mentally, um, you know, or energetically draining on them. So it's in order to keep them sort of stable, they need to have a therapist as well. And it's, um, Anyway, so I just thought that that was like an awesome book to have been written about that because I feel like that's not really a lot talked about, you know, if, yeah. whether you're a health coach or energy coach, it's kind of like seeing, well, you know, why is my health coach seeing a health coach? Like, shouldn't she be healthy herself kind of thing? But it's, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily like that. Like you kind of need to have that place where you're unloading yourself too. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I can't even think like I have my guides that I turn to and, um, I definitely know that. And I always try to acknowledge them even like throughout my workshops and that I give because I, I honor so much of the work and the guidance that I get from and that I received from them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Circling back to you being a lover of rituals and routines have to ask, do you have a morning routine, night routine that you stick to, or does it kind of change? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I love that you asked that question in that way, because as much as I feel that a daily practice and having some kind of routine, um, I also feel like there's contrast with how I feel like it's 
really, really important to have flexibility mm-hmm. and not be so routine. Yeah. So we can have our rituals, but to not be so routine with our ritual to allow for flexibility, which I think is going back to the feminine and the yin approach to having a routine or a ritual, as we say. Yeah. So, um, so I love that you asked that. And that's something that I recently, um, started to explore myself and discover more on my, about my own. So I woke, I wake up early. I love to wake up. I, I, it's not that I love to, my body just wakes up, um, with the natural rhythms of the, the sun rising. And so, um, I think that's goals for everybody. <laughs> yeah. say that. Oh, just so I wake up with the sun. <laughs> yeah. As I've matured, I, um, or later on in my life, uh, I started to wake up with the sun and I find that to be such a sacred time. Um, just, you know, before I even get, before I get out of bed, I'm automatically turned to five things that I'm grateful for and sometimes reflect on why I feel so grateful. And then it's just like this beautiful shift in, in, you know, from the, oh, I, it's Tuesday and I have this on the list, you know, I, this is on the agenda to, I'm so grateful. And then I get to experience this today. I choose to do this today rather than I have to, you know? Yep. Yeah. And so, um, sometimes now I will go to the window and I open the, the curtains and I look up to the, to the East and thank the East for the rising of the new, new day, with the sun. And, um, and it's just like, I, I, I'll even open the window and breathe that air in. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's kind of, yeah. And then I go to the kitchen. I do, um, have two glasses of lemon water and uh just clear out the system and I do drink coffee so it's an organic cup of coffee and some uh, some bee pansia it's like a royal bee honey that has is infused with um all these antioxidants and these adaptogens all in one so it's just wow. a teaspoon of that so it's like manuka honey with it's not it's not manuka it's this incredible formula that i found um it's called bee pansia p-a-n-c-e-a-a and it's from raw virgin foods um you can get it online it's wonderful i love it and uh been using it for a while Mm. um you know and in my coffee i'm using the marine collagen it's also been really wonderful excuse me um, and then I start, you know, I go and I start the practice. I'm listening to kirtan music in the morning. It's devotional. And so just having that mantra continuous as I begin my practice with it, uh, journaling, you know, just open my journal, not the, the pen doesn't leave the paper and it's just stream writing. And, morning pages. Yeah. Morning pages. Exactly. And uh, some meditation, but not, I'm not doing a seated meditation in the morning because um, there's a lot of fire in my system that wants to go and move as well. So I find that meditating at the end of the day is better for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. I oh, really? I've tried. I'm like, honestly, so glad you said that because I thought there's like something kind of wrong with me. People are like, meditate first thing in the morning when you're super at ease. And I'm like, if I do that, I just don't get up. Like my, my day's kind of lazy. But if I meditate in the evening, then I'm like zen and ready. You know what I mean? I just like, I need to like get up and move or else I'm just not going to move. <laughs> yeah. I think you're, are you more like a physical, like do you, you're more active personality. Yeah. 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 That's why I think we just want to move and, you know, and so then I do some stretches, some asanas and, uh, with the breath and then I'll go out for my run. 
Mm -hmm. um, in nature. And that's pretty much like the morning. And then at the, I'll do the, the, like more, I want to say like later in the day, like five, six o'clock is when I'll do like a seated meditation. Um, and then do you use like an app for that or anything? Or did you, when you were first starting, like, how did you, like when you were first getting into meditation? So when I first got into meditation, I actually, um, was doing biofeedback with, um, because I had this really, I want to say it was like a breaking point where I had my worst panic attack. And I found this coach therapist, who was kind of like a therapist coach who, um, was with neurofeedback, neurofeedback, um, through biofeedback and biofeedback just means that I was hooked up to a monitor that would coach me with this breath. And so, um, I was not meditating with an app. It was just my own breath. And, um, I do teach that and I'm going, I actually was yesterday, I actually put a, um, I created a video that I'm going to post on my IGTV. So it's, you know, I kind of guide people with mindful meditation and just Mm. bringing them back into the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, that was back then. I also, uh, went through bouts of working with TM, which is transcendental meditation with the Uh mantra. So there we're just really using a repetitive, uh, mantra the entire time. And so, you know, I've, experimented with different forms of meditation throughout the years but I think mindfulness is really the one that resonates most for me yeah yeah what are your thoughts on tapping I mean I think tapping I've used that for anxiety um, at times and I do definitely think it's wonderful it's a different modality um, and yeah for sure yeah I'm only, I've only like just sort of like realized, like learned that it's even a thing. So yeah, I was curious if that was something you implement at all or um, have tried with, but. I experimented with it, but I, I'm not teaching it um, myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, So yeah, other than working directly with clients, do you do like workshops and that kind of thing? Or how can people, how can people get in touch with you and, and, you know, experience um, all that you have to offer? Yeah. Thank you. So I offer remote sessions and one-on-ones and in person in New York. And then um, I do create a lot. There's nothing I love more than bringing people together and creating community. So I will have ongoing events, workshops. Um, I travel to LA and I'll offer um, some of those in LA at times uh, throughout the year. But um, right now, since life is super busy, (laughs) what I'm doing my best I'm doing my best to share this knowledge through Instagram feed and through um, Instagram stories. Um, But in the near future, I am offering a course, an online course that people can um, have access to the Joyful Approach Life System. And it'll be like just an intro uh, six-week program that people can sign up for and they'll just receive all the information on a weekly basis with videos and interactive um, handouts and stuff like that that's going to be really exciting and um, I can't wait to share that and I'm working that's in the works right now (laughs) 
Oh, that's so amazing. So exciting. Thank you. Um, I'll make sure to link to your website and everything else um, in the show notes. But to wrap up, I wanted to end with some few like more fun, lighthearted questions um, that I like to end my interviews with. So (laughs) ready? (laughs) Okay. What is an absurd thing that you do or weird thing that you love? gosh I want to say the first thing that comes to my mind is a decadent sushi dinner um date night with just for myself (laughs) oh yeah I love a solo dinner solo dinner yeah I just love those nights they're my favorite and I don't do them very often but when I do it's just such a fun time (laughs) and you'll take yourself like to a restaurant like not ordering in right no 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 and I and I really um you know, I try to make it really as if I was going on a, like a romantic date with like someone that I have like a crush on. So yeah. I'm like, I want to look good. Yeah. I want to feel good. Yeah. And also I'll, I'll even like seek out like a really good sushi restaurant with a, you know, a decadent omakasa, like, you know, chef tasting mm-hmm. um, menu. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like full on date night with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you had a billboard, what would it say? Okay. When you walk in the light of the divine, we trust that everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> yeah. And if you, um, or what has been your best investment under a hundred dollars in the past year? What you say? it can also not be monetary at all it could be an investment of time investment of energy under a hundred dollars I really want to say that for me it's been that time of rest in meditation like Mm -hmm. when I just would lie down on my like I said, on the, over the biomat, um, or just on the, on, you know, on a bed, wherever, where I just use an eye pillow, like a mm-hmm. scented eye pillow with lavender mm-hmm. and hold two crystals. And I, that for me is like everything because yeah. it just transcends to so many different nourishing, you know, experiences. After yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, how do you honor yourself every day? Daily practice. <laughs> Daily practice. Yeah. yeah. And and that being like the combination of things you do, your meditations and you know, recharging and all that. Yeah. I think it's how I, um, you know, just under the, also under the umbrella of the joyful approach life system. It's like how I move and move through nature, how I honor my temple with the nourishment that I, I, you know, feed my body with like in a conscious way and, um, how I breathe, how I, you know, all of those things. Um, I think it has to do with the daily practice and under the joyful approach life system that promotes joyful alignment. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Joy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so beautiful having you on and I've, I'm like such a high vibe place now and like, I need to go <laughs> meditate and like, <laughs> and stuff. Oh, thank you. so yeah, thank you so much. 
I'm so glad that it was inspiring for you. And I just really, you know, I can feel such beautiful light coming through from you as well, all the way from London. So <laughs> thank you. And I honor you. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, leave a review, and share with anybody else you think would benefit from listening. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and wherever you are, be there fully.